Yes, and welcome back to The Drop. I'm your host, Big Dick Power Surfer, and I hope everybody's been enjoying the No Contest Off Tour episodes that have been right here on this channel. We had New York last week, Fiji this week, next week, Italy. How about that? Yeah, there's waves there. Good ones, too. Anyway, I hope you're enjoying that. Surf News does not sleep. So we are back with a drop, and we, meaning just me, Mikey is not here at the moment. Mikey is organizing a charity surf event at his home break of Lunata Bay in Palos Verdes, California. Go show up. It's like a whole, like, he wants to get everybody there together, and it's like, catch the same wave as people and you share boards and just big crowd and everybody has fun and if the format works he wants to replicate it in seaside oregon at the jetty there so we wish him luck uh, we hope it goes well get down there if you can in the meantime there's still some surf news to get through and so i did find another co-host special guest if you will for the week i'm not going to spoil the surprise just yet but i am going to talk about topics you will hear us go through How Surfers Get Paid, Episode 3. You'll hear us talk about the WSL Longboard World Titles, a subject very, very dear to my heart. You'll hear about Leandro Dora, Yago's dad, great coach, great guy, just a wonderful Jack Robinson's coach lately. We'll get into that. We're going to talk about a French pro surfer who just went and filmed a war documentary in Ukraine. Lastly, we are going to talk about Indonesia's first ever CT qualifier, Mr. Rio Waida. Now, the co-host. You may have heard this man already talking about Rio because he has been on the WSL's commentary team at the CS event in Portugal. So I hope his voice isn't blown out because he's been like, there's been crazy like 12 hour days. Let's see. Paul Evans, ladies and gentlemen, fresh out of the WSL commentary booth, stab staff writer, lovely guy. Let's see where this one goes. All right, Paul Evans. Mm, Huckleberry Finn, Buckleberry Finn. The global voice of European surfing. Yeah. Many yeah, have called yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So we are in a, I'd say it's charming, a charming hotel room. Yeah. Sweet kind of deal. A little bit sparse. Yeah, they look after you. But high end. You just commentated about 300 Challenger mm. Series seats. Is that, does that feel accurate? Love the Changers. How? I was actually a bit gutted the event stopped today. I thought I could have done a couple more days. Oh, uh, yeah. A couple more 12 hour days. Well, you have the, I'm going to say Azores coming up. Sorry for not saying Azores. But, uh, so it's not over yet. And yeah, the voice still sounds good. Yeah, voice is hanging in there. Had quite a lot of breaks today. Had a little acai bowl because I surf, so mm. acai. Yeah. Feel all right, mate. Had a little cheeky beer just after the, the preso, after the presentation, and got another one here. So I think I'm doing all right for now. All right, we're looking good. Um, we're not going to talk about who won in the coming features, so let's talk about it now. Oh, I mean, sorry. You do, you let's, do. Yeah, let's talk about who won. Leo. Leo Fioravanti won the boys, didn't he? He said he was getting it at the start of the week. He did, yeah. And he ripped. Look. He just he would just do eights like every single yeah. heat. Yeah, he's the new Kanawa, I think. You think Leo's so? The new, nah, he just <laughs> he looked really fast. He was super confident. He had like massive squad here, his whole family. Wow. And yeah, eights in the final looked amazing. He's doesn't he hasn't had loads of wins, I don't think. His brother said to me just after like doesn't doesn't win many events, so epic moment for them. Mm. For the girls, Macy Callahan. 
Okay. She wasn't overwhelmed with the with the victory. She kind of looked, yeah, just she was still kind of processing. But it's a great win for her. She made three finals on the Changers and she won this one. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny to me, like with the whole mid-year cut thing and this new, the first year we're really seeing this format. Like, mm. it, obviously, you have people like Rio who we're gonna talk about, like yeah. newcomers. But at the same time, don't you think like it'd be kind of annoying to like be on tour and then after five events, like almost ending in Portugal. And they're like, nah, you're off. And then you're kind of back here and you're like in the final and you're like, fuck, I belong on this tour. It just seems like it'd be annoying to kind of ping pong back and forth like like Leo and Callanan have to do. And You could conceivably live in perpetual limbo, couldn't you? Not make the cut, yeah. get on the challengers, too good for them, qualify again, same story next year, just sort of forever be between the two. You get that in, in, in soccer in England, the yo-yo clubs. Uh-huh. They're always ping between the, the Premier League and the, the next one down. It's called the championship quite bizarrely. Um, but yeah, it would be nine the same time. Get paid to surf. Shut up. Yeah, good point. Good point. Anytime that comes up lately, and that's going to come up first topic here, which we're about to get to, but anytime it comes up, isn't that always just like kind of the last card? It's like, oh, well, people used to make so much doing this. It's like, yeah, but like people still make less fucking hammering nails. So Yeah, I, like, I was at some point thinking about having a bit of a whinge about whatever, long days, blah, blah. And then there's a, there's a guy and a, and a girl cleaning the toilets at Ribera. They just live in the, the public toilets, kind of mopping up bad things. And they're there all day. They're probably getting paid fuck all as well. So I thought I'd just pulled my head in a bit. I'm like, yeah, you're doing all right. Don't worry if you couldn't get a VIP lunch on Tuesday. Like, <laughs> someone's literally cleaning skids all day for, for minimum wage. So yeah, we're doing all right. Well, I think that brings us straight into our first topic for the week. Let's get into the news. <laughs> Top story this week, How Surfers Get Paid, episode three, is here. And let's just hear from one of the series, I don't say stars, he's like, if you've been watching episodes one and two, and now three, you, you've already have some quotes of his in mind, but let's hear what Paul Nade thinks. And this is how the episode opens, so let's get into this and then we'll, we'll talk about what's going on here. I don't like outsiders in this industry. I don't like outsiders coming into this industry thinking we're just a bunch of surfers and they're smarter than us and they can do better than us. I don't like it. I've been quoted many times. I will maintain that position always. Yeah, Paul, he's mm. not, he's not, you're Paul also, but yeah. are you into outsiders? Because him there, he was talking about, you know, he doesn't want outsiders in the industry, people are going to look down on you, all this. Like, what? what's your... I really like Paul Norda in this series. It, it was almost kind of set up as the arch cunt. Yeah. If I can say the sting word on, on Start Pod. Do it. Not beep it. Um, wasn't he? If you just took some of his lines, his takeaway lines, and put them on paper, he kind of set up as the bad guy. But I thought that's kind of like, there's nuance to the characters and how servers get paid. And yeah, he'll kind of win you over when you get the backstory. But he, he doesn't mind putting stuff out there. The thing with Jordy early on in the series is really interesting as well about suing him. Um, I thought he, he was really interested. He kind of made the whole thing come together. I think that was his low point, and so you. I thought it was his high point. <laughs> I really enjoyed here, that. Like, I'd like to see more people get sued on the beach. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Just that, lawyer up. Yeah. Come on, lawyer up. Come on down. <laughs> When's the next event? The next Challenger series? Somebody sue someone, please. <laughs> they should. <laughs> Maybe the commentators. But yeah, so he sues Jordy on the beach. Yeah. And you're kind of like, oh, well, you know, especially with Jordy talking there, you're like, okay, like he's talking about his family 
isn't really that financially secure at the time. It's this like intense moment. And then by app three, he just wins you over. You know, he's talking about like Nikes and targets coming in and just being like, no, these people aren't better than us. And this episode goes way deeper from here. I don't want to spoil too much. It just kind of came out on Tuesday. So we will be talking more about it. Just know that it's out, get into it. It's nearly an hour long and it's just full of gold. Yeah, I mean, just slightly on the similar topic of, of Nike coming in, and I think a lot of people wanted, from a sort of a moral sort of standpoint, to, to dislike them. Mm. You know, and friends of mine particularly had the "Don't Do It" sticker, and I was like, "Yeah, without then." They came and said, "Hey, we're doing this trip to Tahiti. We're going to offer you a day rate to go over there." I'm like, "Where do I sign up?" So yeah, it's so amazing how cheaply we can all be bought out for a handsome day rate. It really is. I <laughs> wanted to ask you about that too, because you've been at Surf Europe at the time. Like yeah. When that, yeah. Yeah. Was it like the same thing there, just like big money, just hey, everybody come, yeah. get uh, get on board, we'll pay you? Like, Yeah, they bought everyone, and they did some good trips. A uh, guy that was our photo editor, Alex Oral at the time, worked for them, and we went to I went to Hawaii, I got paid a day rate, we went to the North Shore, which is cool, we went, went to Tahiti, went to the Mets. So you, it you was milked, the best of times. You milked some of this? Man, I'm, I... I drank straight from the teat. I didn't wow. milk and go from the glass. I literally got underneath the udders and went straight to the <laughs> open mouth with the warm squirt. Yeah, delicious. It's, it's still, I've still got the aftertaste to this day. It's great. Wow. Okay, so you got to go watch the episode. Uh, you will understand exactly what Paul is talking about. Maybe not the taste per se. That That's going to be kind of up to you a bit. But this episode documents the entrance and of exit of Nike into surfing so go check it out and we'll be talking about it more in the coming weeks Soleil, Erico and Harrison Roach claimed WSL longboard titles in gorgeous Malibu conditions Paul and if that doesn't get you excited yeah then what will you know I think it went right from a day of your domain, the Challenger Series, into this. Like, it was just like almost like a 24 hours of WSL. How lucky are the surf fan out there? They're blessed, aren't they? I think so. Changers, longboards. But like, how, do you think anybody watched through? Do you think anybody could sit there and- Mate, you would be surprised. You think so? You think there's just some core fan out there just on a bender watching the same person? Some people have trouble sleeping. Some people try different things. Webcast is there, it's kind of warm, it's comfortable, you know what you're going to get, kind of. Yeah, I'd watch it. I'd binge watch if I couldn't sleep. But you're going from, like, David Silva to, like, Soleil. Like, what do you... That's a win-win for me, mate. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Okay, well, anyway, world titles were declared. Yeah. Um, Harrison Roach, he was recently in a stab project called The Mysterious Affairs. He, he's a total lord, isn't he, Harry Roach? Do you know guy. him? Yeah, he's a Okay. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, and he, with the mysterious affair, we put him on some shortboards, and he rips there too. He probably could have made a heat on the on the Changa. Is this new? You're saying it a lot. This is the new thing we're calling it. Changas. Yeah. I think isn't that? Um, I'm pretty sure that's Vaughn Deadly from Make That Swell. I think that's his thing. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to bite his tip off. Okay, but we'll just so borrow it. Yeah, that's yeah the Changas. Yeah. So I think Harrison could have made a heat on the Changa, but he was in Malibu winning a world title anyway. Instead, so he was there. Soleil, she's great. She's a good friend of uh, a stab employee, Coral McDuffie. 
they kind of grew up together and quarrels. Another great name from starters a few there, aren't there? Yeah, we got some good ones. <laughs> um, I, what I like about the longboards, well, sorry, what I love about longboards is this, I feel love. that I feel that they're just sort of slightly conflicted in the fact that they, they want to be cool and like logging's like the thing now, so they're like a little bit like anti all the other kind of like quite lame stuff to do pro surfing, but at the same time they all sort of love to win the world title. And I, I like that sort of existential awkwardness that exists like here with the longboards. And, and I, that is how I feel I live my life every day. That's a really good point. Because I feel the same way. I'm like, isn't the whole point to like not do like contests or something? It's like to like just stand there and... Can Joel chew this up sometimes ties himself in knots and I'm a bit confused. I can't work out. I love it. I fucking hate it. Well, he was tied just in the knot here. He couldn't, his hands were tied in the knot. He couldn't... And his feet, I guess. He couldn't even surf in this thing because he was suspended, so... Is he the world... Ch- did the world champ? He was last year, and then he got suspended for like talking shit on the WSL's Instagram. And, That's and right. They, he had to go Jesse, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They coming back to me now. They booted him, so he wasn't there. Harrison and Soleil won instead, and yeah, it is. It's an existential crisis here in longboarding, isn't it? But a great one, a beautiful one to watch. They're both great surfers, really enjoyable. I've done longboard events in the past, and um, it's very different, different sort of vibes. Both of those two are really, really good. I would salute them if I saw them about their world titles. Great job. Wow, look at you just like... Telling the company line. Straight <laughs> off of 40 hours of commentary, just able to rein this conversation right back in. Let's get to the next topic. Leandro Dora, pro surfer, businessman, punk rock festival organizer, spiritual mentor, and world title winning surf coach. So... This is a lovely interview that you could read on Sad Premium. It is done by Stephen Elaine, one of the best Brazilian surf writers. Great writer, good dude. Yeah, and his ability to write in just both languages too. Like yeah. who? He's a cool cat. We both struggle in second languages, you and I. We both uh, moved away from our native tongues, and to be able to write that well in a different language is just incredible. And so he did that. This is more of an interview, but still a great read. Leandro is Iago's father. Uh, he's worked with Adrian D'Souza, specifically in the 2015 title year. And most recently, he's been working with Jack Robinson, who serves well. Would you say, Paul? He's gone from, yeah, is he that good in contests? Is he that good on the face in small ways, etc., to being a total threat for world titles. So let's give the coach a bit of props. I'm not sure if this comes out in the story, but. Leo Dora has also got a quite an unusually, quite sort of confrontational back tattoo. Like you see, see most tats, whether you've gone tribal, whether you've gone squiggly. I don't know if you're if you're if you're tattooed, gets it. Like yeah, Leo Dora's got a kind of a big sort of angular block somewhere down the back, and that's actually quite scary. There aren't that many tattoos that make someone look hard, uh-huh. but it definitely makes it. And I think he is hard. I think he's quite a tough, dude. I think it looks quite gnarly with the tat. So shout out for whoever did his ink. Wow, wow. I didn't Might be to do with the punk rock thing. It looks like one of those kind of things that I don't really understand, but I know that they look kind of bit serious and slightly frightening. Well, yeah, I mean, he was, he was a pro, and then he left that and started a brand that was like surf, skate, punk, and that's like what led to these festivals they'd organize. So I guess you kind of have to be a little bit scary to do that. Like, if you're going like, to tell punk rock musicians to play, you should probably like, have that... It's a slight air of the Rollins about him without the clownishness, but if you ever get a chance to sort of stand behind him, have a look at the back of his neck and the top of his back, 
That's my advice. Wow, yeah, especially just go to like a tropical location. You know, you don't want to do it here. Like if when it's back here in March, which you'll probably be commentating on, like you're gonna have a hard time finding that tattoo. Um, but if you're able to get them like in Brazil or Hawaii, like there's a good chance you'll see it, I guess. Do you have much ink, Buck? Are you an ink, ink guy? I only have one tattoo and it's uh still time mate it's yeah it's still you. plenty of time no not yet but i'm still planning you know working on it planning what would you get i'd quite like to get something bird related I mean, we okay about that. yeah yeah get some dane reynolds or something bird related i know he's an anchor i feel like he's probably got a bird birds yeah, anchors get one. yeah maybe maybe something to do with that i don't know still thinking about it Otherwise, I'll just get something written probably in Sanskrit. Oh, yeah. Like, You're... stab premium, something like that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, in, I mean, in an ancient, now defunct language. Mine is actually pretty much as bad because it is a, it's a logo of HB for Huntington Beach and then a link to a defunct website. So the, the language that's written in it still exists, but the website does not. And it's Transworld Surf. It was tw-surf.com. That's because I did that, like, uh, their thing called, like, a Cali Rally, and that was a challenge on there. And so it's just as bad. Yeah, it's just, it's a defunct website, and pretty much just saying, yeah, it's, it's, it's a media outlet in a defunct... Uh, and you place. have this ink, or you... Oh, yeah. Look. Okay, so you do. Wow. Yeah. Wow, in the armpit. Yeah, it's in the Fucking armpit. Fucking hell. Yep. Um, for the benefit of it, obviously, not, not great in the sort of <laughs> the spoken word format, but the benefit of the audience, um, Brendan Buckley's just hoiked up his t-shirt and in his right armpit, um, he has the exact tattoo he just described. I can see HB and, yeah, a domain for a website which doesn't exist anymore. Is it as hideous as I made it sound? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's quite bad, mate, but yeah, good, good on you. Okay. Respect. Well, thank you. Thank you for the straight talk. Back to Leandro, mm. Leo, as you were just yeah, casually sorry. calling yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seems good straight talk. In this piece, he talks about when he first met Jack to do some coaching. The first few times they met, they'd go to the beach, like maybe to surf, and they just wouldn't. Like he would just talk. They just have like almost these like therapy sessions. And I feel like I've seen quite a few things on surf coaches, and this made me get a really good feeling for him more so than any of the other things people talk about like you know we do this we do that and some of it's technique some of it's mental blah 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 he talks about like meeting him like three days straight no surfing just talking to like they're doing everything from breathing to nutrition to talking about like more spiritual stuff it's fucking wild it sounds like he's a great guy so i do think if you're gonna get into spiritual stuff you should probably have a scary tattoo like you should kind of it just shows people you've probably been through some stuff that you get it, you know? So, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, in, the, in the coach stakes, I feel like Leandro Dora's stock's rocketed. Mm. And I, yeah, I'll, I'll probably get him to be my coach. And if not, it looks like Colin, I just quite like him to be my dad. Yeah, you can ask. Cool? I mean, it might be a bit, bit, bit weird if I just came straight out and asked him. Here he does but for Iago. I'll try and work up to it. Maybe we'll just chat for a few days and I'll mention it towards the end when I've won him over. <laughs> 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 That's good. Can I call you dad? Oh, oh you prefer. You, sorry. Okay, you prefer Leandro. My bad. My bad. Too soon. I do that all the time, mate. You're really embarrassing. That's good. We're on to the next one. The pro surfer who filmed a war documentary in Ukraine 
And the rider who biked at least, what, like 12 kilometers to go... Fuck off, mate. Like, the round trip, 40-something. Really? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it wasn't an e-bike? Wasn't an e-bike, no. It's a uh, steel-framed Italian custom. Lego Cicli, okay. yeah. Oh, okay. I uh, just picked it up second-hand. Yeah, that was me. I wrote an article about Damien Castera. Damien Castera. French pro, longboarder, turned filmmaker, explorer, adventurer, writer. I think he's quite good at writing. Most of his stuff in French. Mm. I haven't read loads of it, but he's he yeah. He's, I think he's pretty serious about that. And yeah, he went to um, he went to Ukraine, which is cool. I went to Anglet to interview him. So fifty fifty on the hero stakes. But yeah. yeah. So you claim it was like a twenty a twenty k each way. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, if we look at my Strava, I can tell you exactly. <laughs> yeah. Go look. Follow yeah. him on Strava. Yeah. Follow Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So essentially, I mean, do you want me to tell you the the, the elevator pitch, the, the the nub of it. Yeah. The war broke out in Ukraine. He was at a bit of a loose end in Anglet, so he had a new van, picked up some medical supplies, drove three thousand k. So he drove for five days to a war zone to drop off the medical gear, um, and then he stayed in Ukraine. Started reporting for French national newspaper. Had a good time. Drove back. Went back there again with a filmer, um, and they made a documentary, meeting artists, creators, people, basically another side of the story, the, the war story. And yeah, Damien's a really smart dude. He made uh, Water Get No Enemy with Archer Bourbon, the film about Liberia. And um, I think what, yeah, he's, um, he's definitely got an eye for a story, and um, he's, he's got some, some stones on him as well, because he basically drove into a war zone on his own. Yeah, he um, did. He, he did not basically he did that's wild that story blew my mind i mean we were talking about it in advance and just to actually see everything written down was... he's also one of the most handsome people you've ever do you know him no i know Artur. is he better looking than Artur? yeah i mean sorry Artur, if you're listening but yeah i would say so um i was asking questions of like we had i think we'd had like one and a half beers on a warm day and i was just staring into his mm. the deep pools of his eyes and yeah i was a little bit yeah, I was very much taken in. But yeah, and that's um, it's a, it's really cool what it's done. And yeah, if you're into that sort of thing, worth well, reading. It's like changing direction. How service get paid? That sort of content. Well, you might still get paid from it. Yeah, I think you know he he um he he stopped making loads of money out of documentaries that sort of thing. But I think he's got to a point where he's got he's still a sponsor for surfing, so he can afford to do kind of projects that he really wants to do, things that he loves. Yeah, cool story. It's a great story. It's I, I it's just one of those stories where you just read and you're like, fuck, this this happened. This guy just did it. Like it's it's not a thing that seems normal or yeah, name another pro server who's driving into Ukraine to film a documentary about creatives. Can yeah. you? I felt cool because a mate of mine from school um drove a van over there to donate some stuff and I gave him like fifty pounds and I thought I'm fucking one of them. You're ripping guys. Yeah. yeah, on one side you yeah. got Putin, on the other side there's me, yeah. one of the heroes. Turns out, actually, Damien Castero is slightly more heroic than I am. But I can live with that. Ah, well, go give it a read. It's a great piece, and he's a great guy. Apparently very handsome, too, so watch out. Rio Wida's championship tour qualification was a long time coming. So we all know Indonesia is home to many of the world's best waves. I don't know. what You're a geology guy. It's just like... I mean, there's obviously a lot of volcanoes there. Like, why Why do you think there's just so many reefs that are, like, perfectly sculpted? Obviously, you get a lot of swell, 
but why is it so that like every setup, everywhere you look there happens to just be this like perfectly carved out pass where a wave just happens to peel into? Yeah, all the stuff you said, um, that exposure. Yeah, kind of, although it's two distinct geographic regions. Then you've got the eastern part where it's like deserty and dry. So from half of Sumbao and Sumba and as you go eastwards towards Timor and all that, and then the western bit, Java and Sumatra, pretty different. But just exposure to those long period swells by the time we get there. There's angry swells from the Indian Ocean far south. They just line up beautifully. You've got the offshore winds. There's a swell angle. They're in... The swell's got to travel quite a lot further to get to other parts of the Indian Ocean. It's got run out of steam, but by the time it's there, it's still potent. And I, I don't know is the real answer. I'm just saying words. You just, it's you're just, going it's good. It's just good. It's a good time. Mate, you just come back from there. You tell us. You've just been in, in Lake Keys. Or, or Le Kais, as, as no one calls it. <laughs> <laughs> Except for uh, somebody that, that uh, swindled you at. Yeah, Ted Grammo stitched me up. I did a story with him a while ago, and he told me it's actually called Le Kai, uh-huh. And I wrote it like that. And I was like, well, Ted, you know, Ted knows. So that must be it. That's, that's definitely it. So I, I just put it, and that's literally the only time I've ever seen it written like that. I wrote Lakai Peak loads of time. Thanks, Ted. Good Thanks, guy Ted. other than that, though. Great guy. Just, uh, just bad with uh, spelling and pronunciation of Lakai. Yeah, I don't know. I would, I would imagine that it was... But yeah, Lakai, I don't know. It just it trips my mind that, like... There's plenty of places that have reefs, right? There's mm. enough places that have volcanoes. Mm. Like even there's plenty of islands that get long periods well. But the fact that so many places there just have those perfectly cut out just divots of where swell wants to wrap into easily. Uh, yeah, part, it's fucking bizarre. I think it's more to the wind, isn't it? I think most tropical places are windy as assholes almost all the time, mm. and they just the wind just howls. But Fiji, the climate's kind of the exception. It works on that trade wind. I think everywhere else is just sort of ragged. Sort of blowing across shore all the time. I think Indo, that's it's a lot of it's through the wind as well. It's just the setups in some places with coral reefs, but yeah, yeah, the must wind's be, got a lot to do with it. Must be annoying. We don't really have to deal with any wind here, so it's like it's no wind in Portugal. Mate. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Anyway, Rio Vida qualified, yeah. twenty-two years old, first Indonesian surfer to ever do it. Um, were you in the booth when he qualified? Yeah, it was, and he um, he was. So relatively underwhelmed by the whole thing. Oh, he was confused. Well, yeah, he was just like, what? Uh, okay, well, he, I'm just thinking about my next heat. <laughs> Come on, mate. <laughs> but you know, he genuinely was just thinking about his next heat. And he was really bummed when he lost. Though He'd qualified for a tour. He'd made history. And when he lost, he was, he was angry. Yeah. Well, I actually got hit up yesterday because he, now that he's like, it was pretty sure that he was going to be on tour going into this. Like, it was almost statistically impossible for him to not be on tour. But once it was made official, I know he was trying to get to Super Tubos today, and I got asked if I'd give him a ride. And I live kind of in between where the contest is and where Super Tubos is, and it wouldn't just be inconvenient, especially if it was like probably not, it didn't look good anyway, the camera looked shit. But I almost felt like, okay, I should do it because I almost felt obligated to because. Do it for Indonesia. Well, because he just qualified too. It's like one thing if this kid just like wanted to go surf a different wave, whatever, but I'm like, oh shit, he needs to be there in March serving a heat. So like, I almost felt like I need to put the nation of Indonesia on my back. And Indonesian surf fans, um, if we fast forward to next March and Rio Aida, um loses out sort of first, well, second round out of competition, we know that the blame will fall squarely on the shoulders of Brendan Buckley. I'll cop that, I'll cop that. You're too busy, wait, mate. Did you have something else on, did you? No, I pitched other One of the world's best servers wants to go to Super Tuesday, like, 
I just, I couldn't. It's my first weekend at home in like a month. I had house stuff to do. I'm an adult. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, that meant to do. Good excuse, <laughs> mate. Good excuse. And I'll cop it. it. I'll cop it. If he loses the second round in March, that's on me. I will, I'll own up to that. Fuck, he doesn't like cold water. And if he does, I'm going to feel really bad about this. So he's not going to. He's on the CT. It's for good. There's a great piece with some insight from Rizal. Tanjung, of course, and it just celebrates this, what was a long time coming, a yeah. CT surfer from one of the world's best surf locations. It's baffling that it, it took this long really, isn't it, because everyone's gone over there and seen just local surfers ripping, but yeah, what a really cool moment that is, and um, yeah, it's about time, isn't it, like we, we go to these places and kind of use their resources, what they've got. Um, it's about time they started kind of exporting their talent out to the rest of the world. And yeah, what, what a dude, what a cool dude, what a lord. Yeah, yeah. Rizal made some interesting points about how hard it is to get a visa at times, especially like maybe it's helping, I think, Rio becoming an Olympic athlete, using the Olympics, that helps a lot. But you'd imagine like 10 years ago, trying to get like a, a visa for like the US Open in HB. I mean, America is just the worst of that shit. I think that was always the trouble was visas. It's really hard for them to travel. Yeah. And that, yeah, made it like kind of logistically difficult. Um, there are other facts as well, why it's just hard to travel, think about money and how much it costs to do the tour. It's quite a lot of cash. So yeah, um, it's amazing news. And hopefully like quite often see someone do something that no one's ever done before and then you see like a bit of a bit of a movement behind them. It'd be really cool to see way more service from window. I think we will. I think we will. Nice job, Rio. I'm sorry about Super Tubos. I hope you got there today anyway, even though Sorry Indonesian surfers, Buck hates you. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't care about your hero. And he wants him to fail. <laughs> All right, it is time for a surf sin, even though I think I just committed one by not giving Rio Wida a ride to Super Tubos on a waist-high offshore day. But, but I know, I know that the waves of the final day at Ribera looked solid. It was too north. It wasn't getting in there. I swear to God, go look at anything you could see from there. It was waist-high. It wouldn't have helped them. Uh, sorry, Indonesia. That's on me. We'll deal with it. For now, we've got a surf sin coming from New Zealand. Um, I always love hearing the accent there. It's just funny. It's just one of those things that you just kind of laugh at. I'm sorry if that's rude, but... Uh, Man, they know. They it's not should. Rude. They know. Well, there's like, what, 500,000 of them? Hardly? How many? Anyway, we are going to hear that, and then Paul and I will discuss. Let's hear it. Oh! Hey boys, um, Jay here from New Zealand. Um, I've got a surfing for you. Um, so yeah, mine starts off, I guess. I've got this friend that um, I go surfing with quite a bit, um, but he was one of those people that not necessarily the nicest to surf with. Um, not in any bad way, but just would be pretty hustly and kind of snake you a little bit and treat a free surf like a heat. Um, and so we'd be teeing up a surf together on the weekend or after work and and kind of be saying like, yeah, yeah, I'll let you know where I go out and we can go surfing together. But what I'd do is I'd go out there first and kind of check it and then I'd just purposely forget to text him. Um, and so I might get about 20 minutes or half an hour kind of to myself um, or without 
that friend. Um, I still like surfing with him, but it was just kind of something I started doing. So yeah, just give me my penance. Cheer, boys. Huh. Yeah, I, it's it's a pretty mild one at best. There aren't many occasions in life where I feel a little bit like Pontius Pilate, but didn't he wash Jesus' hands and feet and say, I can, he talked to him, he deep, deep breathed with, with Jesus and said, I, I can see, said to his, his Roman overlords, I see no, I see no crime here, I see no sin. Um, is that sin? I think he's done everyone a favour there by keeping this guy who's obviously a pest out of the water and, and morality is sort of a function of the society at the time and I think well, the current society, there's no shortage of people who are a nightmare and a bit aggressive in the surf, so I actually think he's done everyone a bit of a favour by not texting back. Yeah, but I mean, that he's still lying and deceiving. Like, And if you're going to set that precedent, then where does that end? Yeah, I get it's better for the society, but that's one person's judgment. And if you're saying you can lie and deceive for the betterment of society, that just sets us, that's a slippery slope, Paul. Well, yeah, I guess. I, I'm, I'm back at him. I think he's done the right thing. So I would, I'm thinking very, I'm thinking towards leniency in terms of penance. I'm not gonna go too hard. I mean, if you if you just think it's not a sin, that's fine. But I think you still shouldn't lie to your friends who are like think about this in other terms. Like, what if what are you gonna get like dinner or drink with somebody? There, I don't know. Like, you can really just like lie to a person to get to something before them. It's just a weird thing to do as a human being. Like, just to I don't know. It's not it's not nice. There's not many occasions when lying is the right thing to do. If making the lineup a better place is one of them. I guess I think it's wrong. I mean, you you would do that to Ben Mondi. Definitely, yeah, for sure. Is he a pest in the water? A tote mate, absolute nightmare. <laughs> Worse than this guy's buddy, I would say. Yeah, absolute pest. Well, I mean, they're from New Zealand, so they're probably both really friendly. So he can't. He really probably isn't that bad anyway. You know, like if if this guy. I don't like the sound of this dude. I know a couple of people like this, and um, yeah, I I would do the same, and, and I would do exactly the same thing. I, I honestly, I see no sin here, but. Um, I'm not meaning to get you know, Yeah, I, I, I think, I think this guy's actually deserves credit. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I'm gonna hit him with the penance. I don't think you should lie to your friends that you're trying to surf with. If he's that bad, just stop surfing with him. Don't just be this sneaky, deceitful person. So my penance, it's not gonna be too hard. Anytime you do this, you have to surf longer than him. You can't do this and get your 20 minutes and then let him be, finish early. You have to, if you're gonna do it, you have to like really surf longer than him. He'll be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going in, you know, maybe we'll get a few more. And you said, no, I'm gonna stay out another hour. So you have to, if you're gonna do it, if it's that important to you, then let him go in and have him be changed and away from the parking lot by the time you come in. That's all. Can I just nuance this slightly? I wanna add something else I'd like, I'd like him to do. It's not necessarily a penance, but I mean, we all do it. When you're out in the water and this guy's getting all competitive and doing that thing where he's surfing the heat, watch his ways, but as soon as he finishes it, make sure you turn your head back and look out the back as if like, oh, I wasn't watching. Ooh. Do that as well, please. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah, that's kind of like maybe take the wind out of this guy's sail if he's getting a bit competitive. Just pretend, I'm like, sorry, I didn't see it. Did you get away? I know I didn't see it. However, if he falls off, maintain the full stare as he comes up in the white water to make sure you saw that. What about asking questions about like a board or something? Be like, oh, like is that is that board going alright for you? Like, yeah, if he's got a, a sort of brand new short, we go, is that, is that six eight? Mm. Yeah, what, how much how much liters have you got there? Forty uh, six. Just looked a bit slow there. <laughs> it's a bit, you've run a bigger board today. <laughs>
Death by death by a thousand cuts. Oh, well, there you go. There's your penance. Do some healing. You, it's mild, but you still deserve to heal. And don't lie to your friends. I don't think Paul thinks you should. If it's better for humanity, I guess um, we disagree there. But Paul, I do understand that you have a sin. I'm not going to ask you to confess it right now, but can you promise at least to our listeners that it will come? I've got so many sins. I'm just slightly worried about um, where that kind of puts me if I admit them on air. I know mm. there's quite a broad audience to the Star Pod. Um, yeah, do I want to reveal that much about myself? I've got loads of sins. You do, yeah. I'm, I'm a sinner. Yeah. In case, yeah. You do? Yeah. All right, next week, will we hear from you? At some point in the future, I'm sure confessionist is supposed to be good for you. Within the next month. Yeah. See what we can do. All right, write it down. And that is all for this week's episode of The Drop. That's it. Go home. It's over. Um, We will be back next week. Mikey will still be gone. I think I'm going to try to get Stace in here. Wouldn't Stace be fun? Stace would be fun. We'll get Stace. In the meantime, have a great week. Um, Go surfing. Be nice to people. Drink water. Eat good food. And um, try to catch more waves than you should. Bye-bye.